What's up, people? Uh, we're going to take a minute and just discuss uh, the last few weeks, our experience uh, as it pertains to the Black Ma- Lives Matter movement. Um, Phil, if you want to go first. Yeah, so I think, um, again, one of the things that I'm experiencing personally is I work with a lot of um, conservative uh, thinking people. Um, that's their political affiliation. And, you know, they it's harder to to try and have progressive conversation, obviously, um, talking, having conversation to try and sway them. I've I've found isn't necessarily the most effective uh, mode of communication. Mm-hmm. So right. what I'm trying to do is plant the seeds of if this, then what? Right. <laughs> right. I'm giving them scenarios because let's let's take for instance the one of the things that they love to do, and when I say they, I'm talking about the detractors from black the Black Lives Matter movement is okay. say, well, you know they're burning uh, cities, they're looting and 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 robbing and tearing tearing shit up for lack of a better word, right? Okay, and I think it's important to know. And to point out that because a rally is organized or planned by that one particular group, group doesn't mean right. that they are the only ones out there, and that the and that it's not co-opted in some way. Sometimes nefariously, right? right? Sometimes it's purposeful, and the people integrating into this movement—and I say that with quotation fingers—to do something that is detrimental to the outcome that is trying to, that they're trying to have. Right. So say I'm a, a neo-Nazi for instance, but you know, I know that black lives matter is going to have a, a March or a protest in, in my city or, or neighboring city. I drive there, I go there. I, let's say I even go so far as to buy a t-shirt and uh, I'm, I'm, clad in black lives matter you know say their name you go and start a fire or throw bricks go and break into you know the local shoe store and next thing you know and and don't get me wrong like that kind of action starts a lot of herd behavior right the herd mentality is real so like once one person does it then 10 people are doing it now 30 and and so on and so on so i i understand that too and we have to refrain from that but we also have to call out when we see something like that. Now, that being said, it still doesn't take away from what they are there for. Right? That it's, is the biggest fallacy in the world. Yes. The That's like saying if I have a march is, and then a random person walks up and shoots somebody, that my march is now null and void. Yes. By the way, another point that is missed is yes, these things happen during these protests sometimes. However, the vast majority, Black Lives Matter is protesting all the time, by the way, in, in yep. various cities across America for all different things, right? For, right. You know, for George Floyd, they were protesting other things, and those, are, those go on without a hitch. Right. It's just what the, and, and I hate to take this route, but it is the truth, it's what the mainstream media has decided is important right now 
in that exactly. George uh, a big deal. And they said, okay, this is what they're doing here about this. Right now. Yes. They're not saying, right. okay, they're marching in the streets of Chicago to stop black on black uh, violence, right? They're not saying, you know, they're not talking about that. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting the way that this works and what those people see. So those people see that and they immediately <laughs> say, okay, Black Lives Matter just means that they're going to come to my town or my city and and do something like I see on the TV. Right. Which is, you know, how most so different factors. And these things are co-opted a lot of the times and they're also what they want you to see. Absolutely. Um it's a big part of why the war on drugs was so successful because for years, and when I say successful, I mean in terms of getting white people behind it, it was because for years, if it leads, it bleeds was the whole you know modus operandi of the uh, late night or the nighttime news media, you know, it's 7 p.m. Where are your children type of bullshit. And uh, so, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. It is a dangerous term because it has been co-opted to only hold negative connotations. But yes, the quote-unquote mainstream media um, has absolutely fostered this perception. What I, I'm really, the main reason I hesitate to even use that term is because Fox News acts yeah. like it's not part of that mainstream yeah. media. Yeah, yeah. Fucking retarded. And but, that's um, I was hesitant to say it as well. Right. The, um, was- so on my end, I had to teach my general sales, no, my general manager about systemic racism uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, the, the air was rife with privilege every time he opened his <laughs> mouth. Yeah. And and it was really freeing to not hold back in that conversation and tell him and use the words aggressive privilege and ignorance and, you know, dropping the ball. It was really funny, you know, because I, I was saying you're in charge of a lot of brown people. And he said, we have we have systemic racism here. And I said, right. it's everywhere, first of all. But, you know, I leaned into kind of the idea of um logical thought processes and said, you know, your response, um, notwithstanding, I'd love to actually see the demographic numbers for hiring and firing. And he said, we don't have those. We don't keep them. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I had to explain to him and the analogy I used was, look, if we didn't have the video data from George Floyd's murder, we'd only have the police report and you would think that the police did everything right. And you can see the light bulb moment because when you explain that only because of the video did that extra data, do we know what's really going on? So we can't know what's going on in this dealership unless you can show us the data. Right. And I think for, you know, and again, I compounded it with you're living your privilege when you can go through life and not worry about whether or not you have systemic racism, you're living your privilege when you can act surprised that your business would have systemic racism. Yeah. Um, um, and then within the same breath, acknowledge that you don't even know how it works. So why are you surprised? You shouldn't have any surprise. You shouldn't right. feel personally affronted that it would go on in your community, your business, whatever, because you don't even know what it means. So how would you know what to be offended by? And to take that step further, not only should you not have surprise, you shouldn't be offended. You shouldn't, most importantly, say it doesn't exist. 
If you can't explain to me what it is, you can't ex- you can't tell me that it doesn't exist. Exactly. That's one hundred percent. Yeah. It's just the most basic, you know, sort of understanding that you're sitting here saying that you don't have a problem when you don't even know what the problem. So, yeah, that was really, really um, enlightening and informative for him, not for me, because, you know, and I had to tell him, like, look, now we're being tasked with enlightening your entire race on how this works. And I'm not receiving no extra pay or no vacation days for taking this yeah, extra work on. Had another manager come to me and say, "Oh, are you like our BLM spokesperson now?" I'm like, "No, bitch, I'm black, so I know what, what it means. Like, that's not my, it's not my job uh, to save you. I'm not Captain Save a white nerve, The nerve of the caucasity, the caucasity, the caucasity. Say, are you? What do you mean? What do you what mean? mean? This is my." Bitch. Yeah, you know, this and is that was really. This yeah. is uh, and and I I explained to them, um, I I try to explain to the people that I work with, that you know, in many ways I've been blessed, I've been lucky, right? That being said, it still hasn't saved me from right systemic racism. There was a time me and you, and and I don't even tell this story enough, but me and you were driving down. Oh my god. Main thoroughfare and where we went to school, where we grew up. That's that's uh, that's Algonquin Parkway. Right. Shout we were, out to Sterling. Shout out to Sterling. We were driving. Um, I want to say that's eastbound on Algonquin. It is. It is. There was a police car headed westbound on Algonquin. The police, the the officer in that car, looked over, saw that two black males were in this prominent. The Affluent, affluent uh, neighborhood in the town. Shout out to Sterling. Right. And, wait, wait, did I have the 98 at that time, the Lexus? Did I have that? Yes, it was. It was the, the, okay. the Lexus. All right. Okay. And immediately, I'm sure, and, and I don't want to I don't want to speak for him either. However, this is the our experience. That officer that was traveling the opposite direction proceeded to make a U-turn. Okay. <clears throat> we were a, a block away from the street that we were going to turn on. And we, obviously I wasn't speeding. And signals, right? You use your signal. Oh my God, yes. You turn left now onto Whitewater Drive. Yep. Um, and that officer follows us onto Whitewater Drive. You go up a few blocks, make yep. a right onto yep. Bayway. And I think all the way you too much information out here, but signaling, signaling all the way, all we the way turned the house on the corner was where we were going. It was my home. Um, and he hits the lights. He, you know, he, he flashes the lights on us. And by the, the time I pulled over, yeah, I was literally where I was going. Yes. Yes. We were in front of my, my residence. Where I literally would have parked anyway. Yes. <laughs> when, when the policeman got back in his car to leave, yeah. we got out of the car and walked in the house. It, but listen, this is what he pulled us over. What he said he pulled us over with. Four. Yeah, here we go. A tag light was out. The rear tag, tag light. light. Understand. Rear tag light. 
need you to understand. I need the people to understand this. Mm-hmm. If, if his rear tag light was out, right, and you were traveling in the opposite direction of us, why then would you, why do you even know that? You understand what I'm saying? Why do you know that? What caused there, you to what caused you to even if you checked in your your yeah. rear view or your side view, which you didn't have enough time to, like we didn't, you yeah. bucked that Yui. Yes. Like, you it was like dark outside, by the way. It was about yeah. like what it was now. The sun was starting to go down. Yeah. The the need even for the rear tag light wasn't even necessary at this point. Nah. Okay. And but but we say that we we give you that story to point out what it's like to have this hue. To DWB. Yes. Drive while black. Okay. That's it. That was our only crime that day. That was my crime. Yeah. It's so not- so that's we we there's a lot of history there, and we wanted to uh give you guys just a taste yeah. of what our past few weeks have been like. And obviously we've got stories. We'll 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 come back to this particular topic throughout our tenure here, but uh we wanted to relay in a quick snippet yeah. what it's like. All right, so uh that was, uh, or th- this is, and no place else, and uh, we're your BLM spokesman, apparently. <laughs> right. I'll add us. One. Yeah.